You're listening to the Direction for Life podcast. We pray this episode blesses you. We'd love to connect with you. Visit us at rdci.info or on Facebook at Right Direction Church International. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the RDCI. We hope you enjoy this broadcast. When I first moved to the city, oh, it's, well, probably during the first five years, I went downtown to a particular furniture store, and there was this woman that happened to be an African-American woman, and she was a salesperson in, this, in the place, and she said, she said, I'm the first salesperson, I'm the first African-American salesperson they ever hired here. I said, how long have you said that? I've been here about 15, 20 years. She said, I'm the first African-American they ever hired. I said, you the manager? You part owner, don't y'all get mad at me. I said, that, that's your testimony? Don't get mad at me, y'all. That's your testimony? That you were the first one? What have you done with it now? The door opened, you went in, but you're still here. You're still at the same place where the door opened up. Oh, y'all don't, y'all don't like me now. And sometimes sometime the stuff we are boasting about we're boasting from a place of mediocrity. And God brought you into the room to master the room. Ooh, I'm going with you. God brought you into the room to take over the room. God brought you in the room to change some seating in the room. Not just say, I'm in the room. So, I'm just going, I, 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 I got a lot to give you in this message, so it's not a message, it's going to be a series. I haven't taught a series in a while. So what, how, how do you prove your own word? The first thing is what I've been saying already, and I'll probably, as far as I'm probably going to get to today, you got to focus on your assignment. Come on, everybody raise your hand to the Lord. Say, Lord, show me my assignment in life. What's your assignment? What's your assignment? To what area are you called? Now, a lot of us, we, we got to do a lot of things that may be incidental to our assignment, but that's not my, your assignment. I always knew claim to Justin was not my assignment. It was paying me well. I was doing very well. I was being promoted in it. And when I started in the insurance claim industry, the Lord said to me, now I need you to wear this like a loose garment. He said, I'm going to use it. I remember he told me this back in 1988 when I first started. He said, I'm going to use this career to get you where I want you to be. And then when I tell you, I need you to take it off like a loose garment. I knew I was called to preach the gospel. I knew I was called to change people's lives by preaching and teaching the word of God. Now, I did not know how that could happen in a way that I could still be sufficient to take care of my family. So, as Paul did, he was a tent maker, but tent making was not Paul's assignment. Tent making was something to sustain him until his assignment could take care of him. Oh, y'all don't like me here now. And, and Paul recognized that, okay? And Paul recognized that. So you got to focus on your assignment. 
Okay, which is why uh, in my case, when I had, even when I need to make money, I, since my son was preaching, teaching the word of God, and when you come out of traditional backgrounds, you know, you're not going to get teaching on Sunday, you're going to get jumping and shouting on Sunday. So I had to be in Bible study. Because <laughs> that's where the foundation for my teaching came from, Bible study. So I never would take a job that required me to miss Bible study. Because being in Bible study was going to help me fulfill my assignment. When you know your assignment, decision-making become easy. Because your assignment should become your priority. And once you know your assignment, once you know your calling, once you know priority, decision-making becomes easy. Should I do this? Should I do that? Well, what's your ultimate assignment? What's your priority? When you know, and, and different people have different priorities. And so one person can decide this based upon their priority, but you may decide something else based upon your priorities. So you got to focus on your assignment. God created everything and everyone with an assignment. Remember what his Bible says in Genesis? He says he created everything and whose seed was in itself. The seed in itself was the assignment. A tomato had, seed has an assignment. A potato seed has an assignment. An apple seed has an assignment. I don't care how much you desire apples. If you take an orange seed and call it an apple, you still won't get orange. The seed is in itself. God created it to produce certain things. God created it to bring forth certain fruit. God created it to dominate in certain areas. Are you hearing me? Once you know your assignment, fruit got to come. God created everything and everyone with the assignment, seeds in itself. So you don't decide your assignment, but you do discover your assignment. Let me say it again. You don't decide your assignment, you discover your assignment. So just because somebody else is making a whole lot of money, they've been able to take care, you know, send all the kids to college, and they've been able to help others do all kinds of stuff because they sell cars. So you said, well, you made that money selling cars. Man, I'm going to start selling cars. Well, but that's not your assignment. That's their assignment. There's another scripture that said, let everyone remain in his calling. And just because somebody else is dominating in that area, doesn't mean you're going to dominate in that area. So though you decide your though you don't decide your assignment, you discover your assignment. God, and, and so here's some keys to get to pursuing, understanding, discerning your assignment. First, God puts a quest a desire within each of us to solve a problem for someone. That desire to solve a problem for someone, somewhere, at some time. There's some of you who see certain things and you're like, how come nobody won't do such and such with that? I can't believe nobody sees that. And all you see is that. How come nobody has made this and made that? Because that is part of your assignment. It's, it's a problem that irritates you, and it's an itch that only you can scratch. Solve a problem for someone somewhere at some time. What irritates you is a key to discovering your assignment. Now, people can get mad at me, but I hate I hate poverty. I despise poverty. 
I saw how poverty jacked up my whole family that I was that I came from. I saw how poverty caused my father to sell drugs and then use drugs. I saw how poverty made my mother take a job at night in her attempts to get off welfare, take a job at night and leave teenagers and young kids at home to fend by themselves at night. I saw how poverty made me have to come home every day to a, to a, 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 a note that says there's a TV dinner in the freezer. Take out the potatoes, the, the meatloaf, potatoes, and sweet peas uh, TV dinner. How many of y'all know what a TV dinner is? Somebody said, that's, that's a dinner when you're making, that you eat when you're watching TV, right? You know, it was a particular, it was already pre-made, but frozen. Heat the oven up to, thir- to 350, 375 for 30 minutes, and that was my dinner. I, I saw how poverty caused a whole bunch of other poverty people to be put in one small community and just perpetuate poverty because that's all they see and have no other image. I hate poverty. I saw how poverty can cause a child to only go to the dentist when it's time to get the tooth out. And before you're 30, you've lost half your teeth. Poverty. So that, so why do I preach about prosperity? Because I hate poverty. <laughs> now, some of you came from a different background. It ain't a big issue with you. You have no association with poverty. You've always had my children, they hear my story. Okay, my son over there, he, he, he gone again. If I went campaign something, I don't know where you're going today. Okay. But I hear him talk about things, things that he's doing. You know, he's just, I, I wouldn't tell him, but he, he, just, he just bought a new office for his law firm. And he called me up and asked me about the money he should, the money to, to fix up this, this law office. And he told me the money he's spending and, and you know, and, and all that. And he just, you know, he said, well, you know, am I going to get a return on this? I said, son, I said, I'm at the place in my life. I said, you know, you trust God for your money. I said, God, I said, Bible said he gave us all things to enjoy. I said, you need to make that place look like a place that you're going to enjoy. But I listened to him talk about the thing, and I said, God, he, he's so far. God bless him with our office building. That was more than my house, not not current house, not this house. So he has no, he'll get to a point where poverty won't be his issue. And that should be the case. Because part of my job is to eradicate poverty from my family. Which is why I tell them all, you got to tithe. Because it was through tithing that God delivered me out of poverty. And if the devil will try to bring it back, he'll start with that. Steal the tithe. Look at somebody say, know your assignment. Know your assignment. What irritates you is key to discovering your assignment. Watch this. What comes naturally to you is a key to your assignment. What comes naturally to you is a key to your assignment. 
what you like and enjoy that others despise and hate is key to your assignment. Let me say that again. What you like and enjoy that others despise and hate is a key to your assignment. I was talking to my landscaper one day, and he was out there. He, he was fixing the, uh, the, the irrigation thing, and he had his fingers down there, and he was putting his hand in just, I said, oh, Jesus. You're just moving the dirt on my, he didn't have no gloves. <laughs> he wasn't using any tools. He just put his hand down in the dirt. That's nasty to me. If I have to do that, I'm going to put some gloves on. I'm going to put some tools on. I can't stand my hands being that dirty because I'm not called to landscaping. I'm not called to gardening. Other people, they get thrilled when their hand go into the soil. Oh, well, this feels good. I'm like, I have this sink. Oh. In my house, there's a, there's a room that was a dark room. We don't use it for anything. It's old storage in there. But the people who built the house, they had a film developing room in the house. And so there's this long, big sink thing, and stuff tends to back up in there. It's happened about four times we've been in this house, and I had to get somebody to come. And the plumber came, and, and when it backs up, the smell had to close the door. Smell is so horrible in there. And the guy said, walk, he said, what's the problem? He said, it's all right. And he put his hand down and I, I said, oh. <laughs> he put his hand down, just his head, his foot, I said, oh. He's called a plumbing. I'm calling to getting it fixed. <laughs> what comes naturally to you? Keep your sign. What you like, others and despise, keep your sign. Watch this. The word of God is the blueprint to your assignment. Now, a lot of y'all, you're religious, but you really don't read the Word. You don't study the Word. But the Word of God is key to walking in your assignment. I can assure you, when Minister Sean reads the Scriptures, there's Scriptures that pop out to him about things about worship that I probably look right over. Because the word will highlight your assignment and gives you more insight to your assignment. Psalms 119, 105, I've quoted the scripture just about all my church life that I know of from a teenager because we used to sing that our, our August made a song based upon this scripture. Psalms 119, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. When I read it in, in the context of this message, my stood out to me. Your, your word is a lamp to my feet. Your word is a light to my path. There is, my feet are ordered to go certain places. <laughs> I have a path that other people don't have. We don't all have the same path. I'm talking about in, in the earth. But his word is a lamp to my feet. If I'm going to know what I need to do in my life and how I need to do it, I need to be in the word. 
and then it's a light to my path, okay? So other people tell you, you know, you need to do this, you need to do that. Well, when I was here and I was there, I did such and such. When Isaac, there was a famine in Gerar, and God says to him, I know your father went down to Egypt. I preached a couple weeks ago in the geographic blessing. Your father went down to Egypt, but he got a word from the Lord. And the word was, don't you go to Egypt because that's not where I want your feet to go. And Egypt, oh my God, Egypt is not going to be the path to your prosperity. <laughs> Come on, say it with me. Say, there's a path to my prosperity. I didn't just say there's a path to prosperity. There is a path to your prosperity. You know, years ago, I used to think, you know, I used to think, uh, uh, how much money can there be in the earth, you know, when you think shortage mentality? You know, you, 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 when, just when you think that the music industry has got saturated, somebody come out of nowhere who can't even sing and, be, and making millions. Because that music is a path for them. You're going to get more focus and clarity on your assignment as you seek the Lord and walk with God. I want to encourage y'all to get a relationship with God that goes beyond coming to church. I want to encourage you to get a relationship with the Lord that goes beyond crisis. I've watched it over the years in this church. I've watched people when their back was against the wall and they knew that, as Bishop, my uncle Bishop Bailey said, the hellhounds was on their track. I ain't never seen a hellhound, but he said, when, when you know the hellhounds are on your track, I have seen people press in. They call the intercessors. They'll come out to prayer. They had every service because they know they need God to come through. God, if you don't come through for me, I don't know what I'm going to do. Nobody can help me but God. God, you can do anything but fail. And we, man, we press in when we're in crisis. But we have no relationship with God when the crisis is over. We use God like an Uber. Call him up. You know, Jesus on the main line, tell him what you want. Call him up and tell him what you want. Tell him what you want, he give, give, give you what you want. He like DoorDash and then you're done with him. Until the next time. If you're going to fulfill assignment, you need relationship. God, God, God wants to be married to you. And you're just trying to go out on a date here and there. Everybody say relationship. So you, you're going to get more focus and clarity about your assignment as you seek the Lord and walk with God. The Bible said, Enoch, walk with God. I mean, don't tell us a whole lot about Enoch, but it says he walked with God. The song says, and he walks with me and, tell, and talks to me and tells me I'm, I'm his own. I come to the garden alone. It's, it's talking about relationship. God wants to have an intimacy with you that goes beyond crisis to crisis and event to event. It's nothing, y'all, like having a relationship with the Lord. Acts the 17th chapter. Verse 26, it says, and 
Paul is, comes to Athens and he sees that you got all these statues of the unknown gods, all these gods. And then he said there has one who has a statue of the unknown God. He said, let me tell you about the one you don't know about. The one you know you don't know about is the one I know. And he, he says this about God, Acts 17, 26. And he is made from one blood. Everybody say one blood. Okay. You don't realize there's really one race. It's a human race. All these other categories that we have about race, I'm go deep here, is a construct of white supremacy. Came up with races and categories to try to char char characterize people and rank people. There's one race. It's a human race. He made of one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth. And he has determined, God, God determined our times, when we were supposed to be here. God created you to be in the earth now. Not 100 years ago, not 2,000 years ago, not 50 years from now. Well, some said, no, no, I'm planning to still be here 50 years from now. Not 200 years from now. He determined when you were supposed to be here. He has determined the bounds of our dwellings. That's why I say, before you just go moving somewhere, ask God where your assignment is. I, and the reason why I preach this so hard is because I spent seven years wandering, trying to get back in the will of God because I went after money and did not seek God about my boundaries. Look at somebody say, don't get out of bounds. Don't get out of bounds. Look at somebody else say, flag on the play, flag on the play. And he created us, look at verse 27, that's what I'm going to emphasize. He created us that we should seek the Lord in hope that they may grope for him and find him. So God wants you to grope for him and find him. Watch this, because it goes on to say, uh, and find him, though he's not far from each, each one of us. So God will put you in a situation saying, now, now seek me. I got your answer. But I need you to seek me. If you ask me, I'll tell you. Okay? If, if, if you ask me, I'll tell you. If you come to me, I got the answer. I can help you out of that situation. I know where the provision is, but you got to come to me. You need relationship with me. And so it, I, I want you to focus on your relationship with me, and I'm going to give you answers. He said, if you grow for him, you're going to find him, though he's not far from us. For I said, for in him, in him, we don't sometimes live. In him, we live. In him, we move. And in him, we have our being. Everybody say, I need a relationship with the Lord. And some of us, we have a relationship with the church. We have a relationship with friends. But we really don't have a relationship with the Lord. And, and, and you know, sometimes really, sometimes I wonder, people ask me questions. I'm like, how long have you been saved? How long? I mean, come on now. Obviously, you come to church, but you don't have a relationship with the Lord. Hosea 6, 1 through 3, just about done for today. It said, let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. If you're going to pursue your assignment, you got to pursue the knowledge of the Lord. Pursue means go after. Look at somebody say, go after him, go after him. 
the way Pastor Marcia went after me when she met me and wanted, wanted me to marry her. She came after. She pursued me. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. Let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. Watch it. His going forth is established this morning, and he will come to us like rain, like the ladder in the form of rain to the earth. Look at this. He said, if we pursue him, he'll come after us. <laughs> As the deer panted for the water brook, so panted my heart, my soul after you. It's something God wants you to seek him. God delights in us seeking him. And if you seek him, it's not going to be in vain because he said he is a rewarder of them who diligently, consistently, steadfast, don't give up seeking him. Some of you are in a place right now, you're in deliverance right now. The answer is in seeking God. You'd be surprised the people who come to church who have their own agenda. I want the church to do this for me. I want the church to give me this. I want, to, I want this. And then if the church don't give it to them, they're gone. Because you came here to seek me, to seek, seek people, but you need to come to church to seek the Lord. Oh, I'm going to go deeper. Because if you really seek the Lord, a lot of this stuff won't offend you. Because you say, no, I didn't come here for them anyway. They don't have to smile at me. Listen, if you never smile at me, my God, the presence of the Lord was in the place. Come on, the, the more you have a relationship with the Lord, the less people can offend you. The scripture says, great peace have they that, that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Glory to God. Pursue. Pursue the knowledge of the Lord. That verse from New Living Translation says, Oh, that we may know the Lord. Let's press on to know him. Press on to know him. Come on. If, 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 you're, going, if, if you're going to uh, pursue, pursue your assignment, and if, and if you are going to prove your own work, you will have to press in to know him. Pressing means there's going to be obstacles. Sometimes it's not always easy to press, but you got to say, I'm going to press Anyway, let us press on to know him, and if we press on, he'll respond to us as surely as the arrival of dawn or the coming of rains in the early spring. So your relationship is paramount and the most important thing you need to fill your assignment. Your relationship with the Lord is the most important thing you need to fulfill your assignment. Let me say it again. Your relationship with the Lord is the most important thing you need to fulfill your assignment. I got married, and I can't say I knew I, I, I saw marriages from a distance, okay? And the only thing I knew about marriage, and if I didn't learn something else quick, it was destined to be over. The only thing I knew about marriage was wives, Submit. Brothers, if that's all you know about marriage, you in for a rude awakening. Because a lot of the women don't know that scripture. You're going to be knowing it by yourself. Wives, submit. Wives, submit. Wives, and in the same context, it says, um, uh, husbands, submit yourselves unto the Lord. Wives, submit yourselves unto husband. And then it goes on and says, submit yourselves one to another. All that's in the same context. But the only part I knew was why submit? Why submit? And then uh, I came, I married a woman who hadn't heard those scriptures. And I kept telling her, but the Bible says, the Bible says, why submit? And she, she kind of went along. And then one time it was something, we, it, you know, it was when we got ready to, 
to do something, move again out the will of God. And she moved the first time, didn't say anything, she submitted. When we got ready to make another mistake, she said, I will not submit because the Lord said we ain't supposed to go. I said, oh, Jesus. What, what does scripture say when she won't submit? <laughs> then what? <laughs> and I had to really pursue my relationship with the Lord. I spent a lot of time praying, God, help me to be the husband, not, not a good husband. I was very specific in my prayer. I said, God, help me to be the husband I need to be to Marcia. If I had married Maria, I need to be the husband I need to be to Maria, but I married Marcia. God, help me to be the husband I need to be to Marcia. I had to press in. Then, uh, you know, I knew generally what a father's supposed to be. I didn't understand the weight of being a father. You don't know the weight of being a father until you're a father. I know men are supposed to be providers. Then I found that providing ain't so easy without the Lord and without certain things happening in your life. And then the more I read the scriptures, y'all, when, when I got a hold of that scripture, that a good man leaves inheritance to his children's children, I said, oh, I got to step this way up. Then I came across another scripture, and listen, another scripture, it says, houses are the inheritance of fathers, but a prudent wife comes from the Lord. Now, people jump right to the last part, prudent wife comes from the Lord, but the first part is almost saying in passing. He said, you get a house from your father, but you go to God for your wife. Y'all ain't catching that. It's a passing point. Houses, so a father's supposed to leave houses. I can't leave houses if I'm written on my life. Don't y'all get mad at me. So when, when I saw what God's calling was for my life, I realized I need a relationship with the Lord so I can fulfill what he requires of me. Are, are y'all catching this? Because it's just not going to happen by accident. I had to press in. So your relationship with the Lord is the most paramount, most important thing to fulfill your assignment. John 15, 4 and 5. So Jesus said, you need to abide in me. Abide in me and let me, me uh, and I in you, a branch cannot bear fruit by itself. You take that branch and you cut it off from the tree, it's going to wither up and it's going to die. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you except you abide in me. Some of you, you, you're trying to be productive in your business, you're trying to be productive in your career, you're trying to be productive as a mother, as a father, as a businessman, you're trying to dominate in these arenas and the scripture saying, unless you abide in me, it ain't going to happen. Verse 5, he said, I'm the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, you're going to bear fruit. You're going to be productive in life. Life is going to produce. Come on, you're going to see fruit in your life, but you abide in me and not jump in and jump out with me like, 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 like you're playing double dust the way you're doing the projects. God said, you got to you abide. Look, somebody say abide. I told, I told my wife, I'm, 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 come on. How, 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 how many of you young, young ladies don't know how to jump double dutch? Put your hand up. Look, ladies, y'all look around. Y'all got to teach these women how to jump double dutch. Come on, you, we can't let that pass away. I'm, I'm serious now, y'all. Teach, teach, teach the children. Somebody said, it's too late now. I'll get out there and break my hip. <laughs> Everybody say abide. I'm done here. Abide. 
about it. God said, you're going to fulfill your assignment? going to prove your own work? Stop going in and out of your relationship with me. Stop using me for like crisis, like DoorDash, like Uber. I want you to abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you abide in me, you're going to bear fruit. But don't, don't, don't lose that last part. John 15, last part. Without me, you can do nothing. Life is so hard because you're trying to do it outside the vine. Without me, you can do nothing. Psalm 32, 32 and 8, it says, I'll instruct you, I'll teach you the way you should go. I'll guide you with my eye. Isaiah 48 and 17, he says, the Holy One, I'm the Holy One of Israel. I'm the Lord your God. I'll teach you the prophet. Not making ends meet. I will teach you the prophet. I will lead you by the way that you should go. And final scripture for real. Paul wrote in Philippians about his quest to fulfill his assignment. Paul wrote in Philippians, the third chapter, verse 12 through 14. He said, I have, not, I, I have not already attained. I have not plateaued in life. I have not reached the pinnacle of my success. I'm not already perfect. I still have development to do. I still got vision in me. God still wants more from me. He said, but I press on. I said earlier, you never have to press unless there's opposition. You're going to get opposition in your job. Sometimes you get opposition from your family. Yes. You get opposition from haters. But some of y'all focus too much on them. Okay? You need haters and you need enemies so God can let them come and look through the window of your party. Because he said, I will prepare, I'll prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemy. They'll be outside looking in at you partying. If you love our podcast and the impartation you gain from it, we encourage you to become an iChurch member. As an iChurch member, you'll get access to exclusive digital content as well as an online community and various small group sessions. To find out more, visit rdci.info forward slash iChurch. Connect with us for digital impartation weekly. Join Bishop Herbert and Dr. Marsha Bailey on Clubhouse for marriage, faith, and family inside Kingdom Business Network on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash rdcitv. We stream live services on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as Wednesday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies, join us for Manifest on Fridays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time.